Hi, it's your pal Steamed Hams. Join me every week on the Unforgettable Luncheon as we discuss topics in the nerd world like gaming, comics, cartoons, and whatever else may cross my mind. You can find me on the socials as SteamedHams81 on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find me as the Unforgettable Luncheon on Facebook. And check out Steamed Hams Merchatorium, the link to which will be in the description of this podcast. The Unforgettable Luncheon, nerd comedy at its okayest. Back in the 80s, almost every cartoon was essentially a 30-minute commercial for a toy line. Among the most successful was a show about a hero with a worse disguise than Superman, who battled a muscular skeleton for the fate of the universe and a toy company's bottom line. By the power of Grayskull, we're talking about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, today on the Unforgettable Luncheon. It's your old pal, Steamed Hams. Hope you're ready for another unforgettable luncheon. In the year of my birth, 1981, a toy line was also born. Masters of the Universe. Centering on the hero, He-Man, and his battle to defend Eternia from the evil Skeletor, the buffest skeleton in the universe. The toys originally came with mini-comics, that showed He-Man as a wandering barbarian, defending Castle Grayskull using magic weapons, including a power sword, battle axe, and a strength-enhancing BDSM harness given to him by the Sorceress of Grayskull. His power sword was one half of the key to Grayskull. Care to guess who had the other half? If you said Skeletor, then you are correct! and you win the brand new living room set. Because Skeletor's evil, he wants that sword. Because he who controls Grayskull controls Eternia. And I'm sorry, I do not want Skeletor running my world. In 1982, a cartoon based on He-Man premiered, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It was a 30-minute toy commercial, which was the style at the time. Introduced was He-Man's secret identity, Prince Adam, the lazy, carefree Prince of Eternia who totally didn't look at all like He-Man. The He-Man Prince Adam disguise was actually almost worse than the Superman Clark Kent nonsense. You know, except for the fact that he wasn't taking off his glasses and his suit. He was holding his sword up, yelling some magic words, and all of a sudden putting on bondage gear and a magic spray tan. Nobody knew his secret except for the royal weapons master, Man-at-Arms, Orko, the bumbling court magician whose spells just never fucking worked, his pet tiger, Cringer, who was just as big a wuss as Prince Adam pretended to be, who was also secretly Battle Cat, He-Man's loyal battle companion, and of course, the Sorceress, because who the hell do you think gave him his powers? You know, Amway? Nope. He's aided by Tila, captain of the Royal Guard, Man-at-Arms' adoptive daughter, who is secretly the sorceress's kid. You know, but she doesn't know. They know she don't. Ram-Man, a.k.a. Danny DeVito with spring-loaded legs and a really hard head. 
And finally, Fisto, the most how-the-fuck-did-he-get-into-a-children's-show character in cartoon history. A burly, bearded man with a large iron fist. No, the creators weren't being subtle at all. Not at all. He-Man's archenemy in all of this is Skeletor, the most muscly skeleton in the universe, in history. For a guy with zero face, he makes more expressions than Ace Ventura having sex. That is not something I want to picture, but I'm sorry, I kind of had to paint a picture. Skeletor is joined by his bumbling minions, Beast Man, who looks like an unshaven Groundskeeper Willie. I mean, this could actually be Groundskeeper Willie's origin story. He escapes Eternia to evade capture by He-Man and his uh, companions, shaves off all his fur, minus a beard and some hair on top, a little bit of chest hair, and becomes a school groundskeeper in Springfield anywhere, adopting a Scottish accent. I mean, it would go far to explaining as to why Groundskeeper Willie is ridiculously ripped. Next you have Merman, then you have Trapjaw, who pretty much has a Swiss Army arm that can have a laser gun, a hook, a saw, a pocket fisherman, a corkscrew, a DVD player, a mop, and a toothpick. I can only imagine the other tools that he has for that, but... Given my imagination, we're not going to go into that for fear of scarring people. Lastly, you have Evelyn, a witch who is Skeletor's second-in-command and probably has Snake Mountain HR on speed dial for all the harassment she probably receives. I mean, how many times has she had to hear Skeletor go, Yeah, Evelyn, what do you say we go to the throne room and... Burn. <laughs> I'm sorry to not put that image in your head, but it was in my head. Now it's got to be in yours. The series ran for two 65-episode seasons, a feature-length movie that was pretty much a pilot for a spinoff, and an absolutely ridiculous Christmas special that could give the Star Wars holiday special a run for its money. And if you've seen the holiday special for Star Wars, you can probably guess how bad this one is. Every, every episode had the same basic formula. Skeletor, or a guest villain, if he was taking a personal day, because even evil warlords need their me time, would cook up some oddball scheme to take over Eternia. A MacGuffin would most likely be introduced... Prince Adam, or He-Man, or any one of the heroic characters, or even some rando, will stumble upon a scheme, get involved, captured, something like that. A big fight ensues where He-Man absolutely doesn't use his sword against any living thing because broadcast rules said he couldn't do that. So he spends it fights throwing guys around like bales of hay. And then Skeletor goes, Meh! Next time, He-Man! And skedaddles. Everyone laughs, then on to the obligatory PSA, 
which was the style at the time. If you thought the G.I. Joe PSAs were fun, just you wait. He-Man and the gang teach you, don't do drugs. If you're sad, just whistle a jaunty tune. Or, don't talk to rambling strangers on street corners, no matter how much sense they make about Prince Adam and He-Man being the same person. I'm going to let you guess which one of those was not a real PSA, and it was usually a lesson that you somehow learned from the episode. But you got to offset that cartoon violence with life lessons that we probably didn't pay attention to. I mean, my generation had dare, and I still know people who ended up going into drugs. Mind you, this whole thing was just to sell toys. And they did well for a few years. I won't lie, I owned a lot of them. It worked on me. You know, my I would see a new character, and I would say, Mommy, I want that. And she'd say, wait for your birthday, or Christmas, or a special occasion. And I'd eventually get it, maybe, somewhat, sort of. You never know. But then after a few years, Mattel decided they needed to expand their fan base somehow. So someone in a boardroom obviously said, what if we made He-Man? But for girls. Thus, She-Ra was born through the feature film The Secret of the Sword, which also introduced Hordak and the Evil Horde, which would be the villains for her series, because Skeletor can't be in two places at once. She-Ra and her alter ego, Adora, were revealed to be He-Man's sister. But you wouldn't be able to tell that by the cringy tie-in music video to the movie, I Have the Power. Trust me, YouTube it, but don't say I didn't warn you. In 1985, He-Man and She-Ra, a Christmas special, premiered. Because in the 80s, everyone had to have a Christmas special at some point in your series. This one involved two kids from Earth who are accidentally transported to Eternia because Orko fucked up, because why not? Orko fucks up all the time. And then are kidnapped by Hordak and later Skeletor to be given to a character called Horde Prime because he wants to destroy small children. And they acquire a, a robot alien puppy along the way. Of course, Skeletor and the children are being pursued by He-Man and She-Ra, while Hordak and his goons give chase in a dick-shaped helicopter. No, I'm not making the penis copter up. They fly around in a giant steel dildo. The best part about this thing was it shot a white, quote-unquote, freeze ray out of the front, and when you were hit by this, quote-unquote, freeze ray, you were frozen and covered in a white film. At this point in the series, I don't think the writers really gave a crap if the censors yelled at them, or if the censors just didn't care anymore. Of course, the kids were rescued. They teach He-Man, She-Ra, and Skeletor the true meaning of Groundhog Day. I mean Christmas. The kids get zapped back to Earth to their waiting parents, Captain Lou Albano, and too hot for the dad, mom. Because Christmas! He-Man was filled with double entendres and various under-the-radar dirty jokes. I mean, 
Fisto, Ram Man, the penis copter for crying out loud. My personal favorite is He-Man running towards Evil Inn in one episode while shouting, No more Mr. Soft Guy! Watching the show as adult, I realized either the writers were really clever, the censors were oblivious, or a weird combination of both. And I guarantee there was probably a good cloud of pot smoke coming from that writer's room. That's one of the only explanations. But either way, pure comedy gold. Hell, more than a few parodies exist of He-Man on the internet, and I am thankful for for those every single day. You have things such as the legendary Fabulous Secret Powers music video, which is about 20 years old, give or take. Um, To be honest, may or may not have aged well, depending on who you are, but in my book, it aged like wine. And then there's the Skeletor show, which has not had a new episode in many years. It was done by a talented voice actor, comedian, who I hope found work in the voiceover community. If not, I mean, eventually you do kind of give up on a project. You get bored. uh, You run out of ideas. Things happen. This, I'm hoping to not run out of ideas or get bored of real quick. Although, I'm sure my wife wishes that I would get bored of this real damn quick. But I digress. Check those out on YouTube. You will not be disappointed. Now, in 1987, a live-action feature film was released by Canon Films to, of course, sell more toys. Uh, And it starred Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor, and Courtney Cox as the obligatory person that is seeing all this, or seeing all this through. Uh, the movie takes place on Earth in not really populated any town USA because, well, money. It was canon films after all. They were notorious for making movies A, on the cheap, B, taking money from one movie to finance another film, which was the case with He-Man. They had a bunch of their money swiped to make an eventual, I think, Spider-Man film that never materialized. And it's like there's zero people on the streets in this town. I mean, they showed kind of a packed barbecue joint in the beginning, but other than that, it's like the town shuts down at like 6 p.m. A big interdimensional portal opens down Main Street. Skeletor and his army come roaring through. And you would think you would see people, oh my god, an alien army coming to destroy us all. People abandoning cars, running on the street. Chaos, screaming, people running into stores to hide. Nope. They march down that stuff just unimpeded. Police don't show up. You know, the army doesn't show up. Nothing. You know, but eventually they go back to Eternia because they can afford to. He-Man defeats, you know, Skeletor. Everyone lives happily ever after. Or do they? A sequel got teased during the post credit scene with Skeletor, but it never happened, of course, because the movie did not do very well, so they didn't have the money. Canon films eventually kind of started to run out of money, and uh, the script was eventually rewritten into the Van Damme movie Cyborg. Thus, the toy line did come to an end finally in 1988, 
with a pair of He-Man and Skeletor characters that were basically laser-like toys. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was a legendary TV series that helped shape how cartoons were made, um, how we were marketed toys, and it also proved that the 80s were an absolute wild land of hilarious hidden dirty jokes in children's cartoons. And now for this week's Plug and Play. Plug and Play is my personal, non-paid endorsement of a game, show, or business that I feel everyone should check out. My Plug and Play this week is He-Man.org. If you'd like to learn more about He-Man without the jokes, I suggest He-Man.org, and it is formatted H-E-M-A-N dot O-R-G. It is possibly the Internet's best source for Masters of the Universe info, trivia, and collecting info. You name it, they probably got it. I could spend hours digging in there for fun. Full disclosure, I did not use He-Man.org in my research for this podcast episode. A lot of it is stuff that I've actually learned through personal experience, some of it my own opinion, and a lot of it just, you know, watching the show. But I do highly recommend He-Man.org if you'd like to learn more and just kind of get nostalgic for the good old days of commercial cartoons, more or less. Well, that is it for this episode of the Unforgettable Luncheon. I hope a good time was had by all. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch as SteamedHams81. Do reach out to me if you have any suggestions, criticism, commentary. You just want to say hi. If you like the show, don't hesitate to share on all your social medias. Tell people about it. I'd like to get more listeners. I'd like to spread the mirth of my twisted sense of humor. And I hope to see you all next week as I discuss something nerdy. <laughs>